0: Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue Podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Sean Smith. Over more than 80 years, Dielectric has earned a reputation for offering the world's most sophisticated antenna and signal transmission solutions and an ability to meet the needs of all broadcasters, TV, HD, and FM, low and high power, serving rural audiences and major metropolitan markets across the U.S. and around the world. Their recent project in New York City saw WEDWDT, Connecticut Public Television, join the historic master transmission site at the Empire State Building. Shane Sear is a mechanical engineer with Dielectric with some 600 projects completed across his desk to date. He was a key individual on this project and he's going to walk us through it. Welcome to the podcast, Shane.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: We want to walk through the WEDW antenna project that you just did on the Empire State Building uh, recently. And that facility hosts 18 FM and five TV stations. And just by the fact that it's the Empire State Building in New York, New York, it's got to be an exciting project to work on, on such a legendary uh, location and site. What was the scope of the project? I understand when things come to you, every project's different.
1: For this one, being Empire State Building has kind of its own own set of challenges. The first thing we had to do is, is go back in our in our data, our, our uh, old old files and, and uh, information that we have. And go back and see what we uh, need to do to in order to to meet these specifications indeed from the from the customer
0: you have obviously dielectric's been around for eighty years. So you have the benefit of being able to go back and look through previous uh, jobs that you've done that would impact this one
1: yeah, that, that is correct. Uh, we have you know quite a legacy of uh, you know drawings from uh, as you said, you know, just about eighty years of drawings of you know different sites or whatnot. So we can go back to actually, and digging around for this one, I found that back in the 50s, uh, before the spire was actually up, there was, we have preliminary drawings for, you know, different ideas of what was going to go on top of the Empire State Building. So it's kind of cool, need to go back and, and see all the history behind it. But um, that's usually the first step that we, that we do in creating a new uh, project or in looking at a new antenna for something such as this, is we have to go back and see what we have on it and and start from there.
0: Now, this is a Connecticut public television station, which is now joining a community system with a bunch of adjacent stations. Are there new methods that can be used today to do that efficiently that maybe you didn't have before?
1: There's there's quite a bit of advancements in the the uh, technology over the years i'd say especially if you if you go back and look at places like you know empire state building or uh, mount wilson is another one i like to refer back to where there's there's so many stations on in one central location but in between the rf tuning and antennas and you know technology that's can put into them It seems to not be much of an issue.
0: (laughs) I'm thinking about the challenges there and and who owns those challenges? Is there a facility manager there that you have to work through?
1: I think that's more or less on the uh, customer side. And then uh, uh, probably the uh, proposal engineer that we have, Uh, they they do a lot in looking at protects, you know, uh, where signal counting can't go, where it's intended to go, what specifications it needs to meet as far as pattern and, and power. So, so that's pretty pretty heavily determined by the customer up front, uh, going back to the proposal stage there. And then um, once we get that part of it figured out with our electrical engineer for proposals, there, that's that's when we start to see it and um, uh, you know determine pipe size and and all that uh, good stuff in order to make the um, the electrical aspects of the antenna work.
0: Now, being the Empire State Building, obviously there are really unique logistics, like you alluded to before. Can you talk to me about what you had to consider in order to even get this antenna where it needed to be?
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said, Empire State Building. You know, you, you no longer have the luxury of you know uh, crane lifting or gin pole lifting or helicopter lifts because you're in the middle of the city. So. With this antenna, we had to keep in mind during design that the, the freight elevators, you know, can only take sections of an antenna 10 feet long. And then, you know, kind of taking a step back from there, all these antenna sections got to be made to a certain weight or size or whatnot that's manageable for, you know, people to handle, you know, from one level to the next. Because uh, going up to the uh, floor where they staged everything, it's a a two or three different elevator ride that you hop over from one to the next through hallways and, and such. So that's definitely one task or hurdle that we had to go through in order to design an antenna, you know, it's antennas 30 feet long, just be able to break it up in sections to get it up there. And then once up there, making it relatively easier or straightforward to then put back together while outside in the elements, (laughs) installing it on the actual spire itself. What time
0: of year did you do this?
1: Uh, This was in November to December okay. uh, right around that area so uh, that's another challenge that we had was uh, high winds in that time of year the riggers uh, i take my hat off to them for sure you know it's it's cold out there it's of course they do it during the night Um, the times of work were you know between 9 p.m and 6 a.m when we're there you know doing the installation of you know first amounts and then one section at a time but yeah that's that's all stuff you gotta you gotta keep in mind when design something like this for busy buildings
0: so what was your role once on the ground in new york or, or should we say in the sky
1: when i ended up going down there for just basically uh support you know uh, i know the riggers again they they're very good at their job they up and down you know inspire all the time they do a lot of maintenance to the building and all that sort of stuff so it's not every day that uh this crew at least installed antennas on on this building. Basically my my part in being there was any questions they had, uh they field them to me and and that was they able to be there for a, a response, you know, whether it be which components amounts go at which layer or which elevation, how the uh antenna sections go together. Uh this is a EST antenna, so it's an nfed antenna design. So the um splitting it up. There's high power connectors, you know, at three different locations throughout the antenna, kind of giving them guidance on how to put those together. Just anything they had, I was there for.
0: <laughs> These guys have worked on this tower in this building before.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. It was actually the uh, coal crew for Empire State Building.
0: Let's talk about the direction of signal. This is a Connecticut station that is looking to get better coverage, but yet they're doing it out of manhattan what was all involved in getting that right a lot of planning i'm sure
1: yes it does take a lot of planning and and, uh it kind of going back a little bit it goes it starts all the way at the proposal stage of of things where you know we we dig up all the old information uh we know that one face of the spire is at uh 29 degrees true north and then work backwards from there uh we know what the pattern needs to look like and the uh orientation which i believe this one's around 50 51 degrees true north uh, once we get that uh, in an antenna design, we then place it where it needs to be, you know, in free space when modeling, and, and um, create mounts around that. And there's a lot of antennas, you know. Looking back in dielectric history, uh, there's some antennas that are that are still playing out in the field today that are, you know, approaching that. Geez, I think uh, 60s uh, or late 50s, early 60s is when they're. Uh, installed so they're they're still playing today and um, you know we, we asked for a couple service parts here and there but on that yeah this this antenna has has a potential to to outlive both of us that's for sure
0: <laughs> well that's a testament to the design and and the install and and the vision that uh, dielectric's been bringing since uh since the 40s eighty years anyway Long... I do believe so yes yeah what are some other high pro- profile projects that you've worked on that are sort of iconic in nature anything that comes to mind
1: some some of the bigger projects that we've had uh, in the past uh you know include as I mentioned before Mount Wilson Sears Tower Willis Tower uh Telefarm that was another big A big job we had, Sutro Tower, of course, Empire State Building, but really we're all over the place in the United States, Canada, Mexico, Peru. Uh, We had a really big uh, FM site in uh, Peru that that was uh, pretty pretty substantial. So,
0: what was the most immense project you've worked on?
1: If I had to think of one currently up right now, it would probably be again going back to Telefarm. Uh, There's two very big stacks over there with uh, EBT's, which is a bottom-mount end-fed antenna, and then on top, another ETT, so another top-mount e- uh, E-type NFED antenna, uh, both of which, you know, in the 30, 35 layers uh, stacks, your total stack height, are, you're looking at close to, I want to say it was 120 feet for, you know, from tip to toe. Uh, the bottom of stack for those antennas were, you know, north of 24,000 pounds, so they're pretty big antennas um another one actually we're working on right now um, is a job for uh, south dakota it's actually a, a batwing antenna some people know them as batwing super turn styles but they are in need of a new one and again one of those antennas that have been up since the i want to say it was in the 60s again mm-hmm. and actually came down in an ice storm so now we're building a new one of those. And again, from uh, top to bottom without lightning rest there, you're, you're over 100 feet just for that that one antenna, so six bay, uh, channel three. So
0: what is the biggest advancement that you've seen in terms of the work that you do, either by technology or just the way you come at projects?
1: The biggest advancement I'd see is it's still still sort of in deployment right now, but uh, ATSC 3.0, that's a pretty big... Uh, pretty big jump for the broadcast industry uh just the the capabilities that it has and um what we're able to then broadcast for for more on like a data sort of side of, or side of things mm. um, that, that's that's a big one and then another sort of big one that we've been working on recently it's been the uh, top mount broadband pylon antenna um with that there's uh you know you can have a 10 channel span and uhf uh and have it as a single uh top mount antenna so that's kind of that's been a pretty big deal for, you know, bringing down wind loads and tower loading and such.
0: What is the biggest need of broadcasters at this point?
1: Right now it is to, you know, move forward with ATSC uh, 3.0. Like I said, there's a lot of advantages of that. And um, all of our antennas uh, that we've done through Repack, they're all capable of, of uh, broadcasting with it. Um, just the biggest step right now is getting all the the hardware all the chips put into phones and gps and and all that that good sort of stuff i mean i know nab i don't think it was last year maybe the uh, two years before they had a autonomous vehicle that was uh, shuttling people and it was so uh, you know directed by data received from uh, atsd 3.0 so kind of capitalizing on that and trying to stay ahead of the curve as far as uh, broadcasting Well, listen, Shane,
0: I really appreciate you joining us today on Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast.
1: uh, Thanks for having me.
0: Shane Sear is a mechanical engineer with Dielectric. He joined us today from Raymond, Maine. For more information on this project or all things Dielectric, visit Dielectric.com.
1: Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.